This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Hi everyone, I'm Carianna Stallings, founder of Tower Treats, and today on Dr. Karen's show, we will be talking about living out your faith in the corporate world and also using your God-given talents to start your own business. As a marketplace ministry leader, you make a difference in the workplace and in people's lives when you work as unto the Lord. Your corporation may tell you that you can't talk about your faith in the workplace or they may add other barriers and limitations. Yet we know that the Spirit of God is not chained. The Spirit of God has the power to move through closed doors to touch and impact lives. And when the time is right, he is able to give you a new vision and move you to greener pastures. My guest today started her career in New York City in the corporate world of public relations advertising, and now she is the happy founder of an entrepreneurial business. Today, we hear her story from the corporate boardroom to the entrepreneurial founder's chair. Let me introduce you to my special guest, Carrie Anastasia. Stallings earned an integrated marketing communications degree from Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. She then pursued her public relations career in New York City, working for global firm Weber Shandwick with food and beverage, sports and technology clients. With an entrepreneurial spirit and a love for cookies, Carrie Anna created Tower Treats in 2020 with a strategic vision to become the treat for all. Furthering her education in startups, Carrie Anna completed the Entrepreneurial Essentials course from Harvard Business School Online. Tower Treats is a cookie startup created during the COVID-19 pandemic with Carrie Anna's desire to spread joy one tall treat at a time, specializing in half pound peanut butter chocolate chip cookies scooped like ice cream Tower Treats provides a unique gifting experience. The Atlanta-based company has transformed into a nationwide brand spanning across 45 states, a handful of local retailers, and national corporate gifting platforms. Most recently, Tower Treats partnered with DoorDash, giving Tower Treats exposure to the app's 25 million users. Anna wants to rebind consumers to treat yourself, but most importantly, treat others. So welcome, Carrie Anna, to the Voice of Leadership and to Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. I'm delighted to have you here on the show today. Thank you so much, Dr. Karen. It is actually just a true honor to be here. I am so thrilled that you're here to share your really illustrious journey from the corporate (laughs) side and now to the entrepreneurial side. And so I want to dial back to the corporate days And let's go back there. And I want to ask you about your corporate life in New York City when you were in public relations and advertising. Tell us about the type of work that you did. Some people may not know what PR people do or 
what advertising is all about. So tell us about that. It was actually really my dream job coming out of college. So it was a dream to be able to work for such an amazing firm. Um, but to start public relations really is about people. So it's about how to connect with people from you know our perspective, we were coming at it from a brand. So I worked with a lot of food and beverage brands, uh, technology brands, and a bunch of really amazing corporations that were trying to get people's attention and connect with consumers in ways um, that would just interest them in their product. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about what you really liked about this job, because you said it was your dream job. So tell us about what was really exciting about being in New York City, about (laughs) working with these premier brands and being able to connect them to people that they wanted to know more about their products. Mm -hmm. I really love the creative thinking and the creative strategy behind it of figuring out consumer behavior and then Um, Being able to service the customer, not just throw an advertisement in their face, but connect with them. And uh, we would do special promotions and really fun events to get the consumer involved and not only just want to buy a product, but also fall in love with the brand and what they stood for and who the brand was. And it was really creating almost these personalities behind these brands to connect with people. So I love that. And just the creative aspect, I was privileged enough to work for brands that had these huge budgets where coming in as a junior associate, I was you know, had the opportunity to create just amazing campaigns with these massive budgets that someone, you know, starting out now, it's fun as my uh, journey right now, having, you know, not nearly the amount of budgets. Um, it was really fun to, when when sky's the limit and there really is no ceiling, you know, what you can do with something. That's wonderful. So the creativity is one part of it. And then having the resources to really be able to develop what would best benefit those organizations. And also, Speak the language of the consumer. It sounds like what you had an opportunity to do. So, Cariana, let me also ask you, I know that sometimes corporations are often uncomfortable about extending what I'll call the diversity, equity, and inclusion freedoms to people of faith. Everything goes sometimes except for professing faith in Christ. So, what kind of messages did you hear in the corporate world that felt like limitations on the expression of your faith. Mm-hmm. I have very similar views to you in this and um, was, I think, a little discouraged at my firm that was so passionate about inclusion and um, in so many ways they were doing so such great work in that space. But I definitely, as you know, a Southern Christian conservative person going into this New York firm, felt very um, not included in what was the norm of the culture. And I even had a, a boss's boss call Christianity a cult at one point and, um, you know, felt very much like I had to hide certain parts of my faith, especially, but just my beliefs and found it a little tricky in the corporate world to really be myself, but also, you know, not push my faith onto other people was not my goal. Absolutely. Yeah. So there were some challenges in the sense of <laughs> being able to, to use your full voice and say everything you might have wanted to say, because people sometimes have misconceptions about what it's like to be a person of faith, such as the misconception about being a cult or something like that. So now you said, though, that actions speak louder than words. So how did your lifestyle still speak to your corporate colleagues, even with the limitations about speaking of your faith directly in the workplace. Mm -hmm. That was really my 
number one goal. And really, um, I was very motivated because I felt like I couldn't vocally express my faith in ways that were, you know, even just accepted on a base level. I decided that my actions were going to speak louder than my words and that I was going to live out my faith and show them through my values and you know, I, even my first few months at the company, I had a very strong personal brand that people knew I wasn't going to be cursing like a sailor. And um, when we talked about weekend activities, my, my stories were always a little bit more wholesome than everyone else's. And there were a lot of examples where I lived out my faith, even just baseline showing um, my values and really who I was, just the day-to-day conversations and the presence that I brought to meetings and the perspective I have without ever even really speaking about my faith. It was really impactful to, on my faith to see people a few months in even saying, you know, what, what's up? What, what's going on? Why are you the way that you are? And that was really special for me to then open up those conversations. I love what you said about developing and building your personal brand. A lot of times people don't think about their personal brand and how they show up in life. And so you're saying that by cultivating your personal brand, some people actually wanted to know, well, what's that brand all about? You're doing things a little bit differently. So maybe tell us some examples or maybe a couple of stories or whatever about how your personal brand impacted other people. They were curious and they asked about it. Then what are some things that that happened as a result? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I've always believed that personal brand really was about the expectation people have on you. So what do they expect of you when you walk in the room and kind of an average of what that always is? I think the biggest thing that I can really, the biggest example I have is a lot of my coworkers would just get beyond stressed and beyond the point of, you know, people would be crying at their desks and it would be so overwhelming that people would always ask, you know, well, why aren't you at that same level? And because there was such a baseline of joy through my faith that my identity wasn't placed in my work or my worth wasn't placed in, if I got the best project, any of these work-related things, that my identity was in something so much greater. So I could have such a piece about it that that was really a question that I got asked quite a few times in the workplace, especially um, in this public relations, really high energy, but also very high intensity space. I love that story because in a way you're sort of planting seeds, planting seeds of joy, planting seeds of peace. And people in the workplace nowadays really are under a lot of stress still, and they're looking for peace. They're looking for joy. They're looking for something that comes from the inside and transcends the external circumstances. And your personal brand was a living picture of that is what I'm hearing you say. Well, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> and I hope to continue to do that. But I think it was it was a very clear distinction, especially in a city like New York, where work becomes your identity and it becomes your absolute number one, that it was a very clear distinction that I was different. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because I think in a lot of executive jobs, whether they're in the big city or not, and especially in a big city, those corporate jobs have a tendency to sort of take over a person's life unless Mm -hmm. they have some very specific mechanisms to stay grounded in other ways. And so I think what you're saying is really important, helping people to just be cognizant of it and to think about their own personal branding and how they want to show up, really living out daily the fruit of the spirit, so to speak. Right. right. And it's interesting you say even set up boundaries. Um, I have a very I would say different view of work-life balance that my my dad really kind of implemented in my life that 
there is no such thing as work-life balance that we are gifted one life a beautiful life that we can choose kind of how we want to spend our time and work is a positive and i think sometimes when people separate the two that work becomes a negative when really it's such a privilege that we get to work and that we get to you know create and build part of god's kingdom and use that for his glory rather than it being a negative and then you're always going to be living for the weekend if you're just constantly trying to separate the two yeah i love what you just said about that because when we really think about it god is the ultimate creator mm -hmm. and he has created so much and so we are most like him in a sense when we are also creating and we know that god worked and so work is not a curse <laughs> You know, the part that was cursed was whether the ground was going to actually produce easily for us or whatever. But work itself is really a God-given mission and a God-given privilege. And so when you have the one life, as you said, it's not like, oh, I'm living for this one small part and for the weekend and my work life doesn't even count in that. So you're saying your whole one life can be celebrated, including the work part. Absolutely. And I would even say, especially the work part, ah. uh, that there's so much that work is such a gift. So we should use it as such and really use it as our responsibility to just create good things. And, you know, even especially if you don't have your own business to be a presence and to be a light wherever you are and um, use it for good. Amen to that. So a lot of times in secular corporations where many people work, the company will present sometimes or insist on some opportunities that are not really consistent with Christian values. Almost everyone who works in a secular context has to face this. So what are some kinds of jobs or opportunities that came your way that really weren't in alignment with your values? And how did you handle that? And what stands did you take? Absolutely. There's one story that always sticks in my mind. Um, there was a project with an alcohol brand that was presented to my team that they were really excited about, and it was going to be really a disruptive project and really break through the news cycle, and it was a really exciting project. The project was sex positive, and it was featuring porn stars in throughout the campaign. So it was something I will never forget. I was looking through the campaign deck on my desktop, and I was so nervous <laughs> at people walking by because I didn't know what they would think of what was on my computer. And I just remember thinking and praying that I couldn't work on this, that this was beyond my boundaries. And I was terrified. I really didn't know how to have that conversation and um, was so nervous that I would get either looked down upon or worst case scenario fired or just taken off the team or didn't know what that would look like. Um, so I actually had a conversation with my manager who really was such a great mentor to me. She was so amazing and really a great leader and helped me just learn a lot of skills but also just helped me progress at this firm and i had a conversation with her and just clearly stated this is makes me uncomfortable i don't feel comfortable working on this it doesn't go along with my values and i was very impressed because she just took that and said okay you're gonna you're not gonna work on it you're gonna be okay we're just gonna find something else for you and I was very pleased and honestly surprised that I feel like God showed up in a way of saying, you don't have to be that scared, that I'm going to protect you no matter what. I'm going to keep you doing what you're supposed to be doing, but also you do have to make stands. And I think it was a great moment for me to realize in the workplace, I can't just be quiet. You know, I think my main motivator of living out my faith was so productive, but also there are times when you have to use your voice and have to take a stand. 
Oh, I love that. that. This is a wonderful example. Sometimes you do have to speak up, <laughs> you have to say things. And sometimes the thing that we fear the most, or what we might think at the time as a worst outcome, like getting fired or being disrespected or whatever, really doesn't happen. And you were fortunate to have this particular manager in place who said, okay, that's inconsistent with your values. We'll find something else you know, for you to do that works better for you. And she acted as though it wasn't going to be any difficulty as far as your progression in the organization. So I think that's pretty powerful. You also said that before you went to have this talk, you were thinking and praying. (laughs) So as part of it, say a little bit more about that part, because sometimes we forget to pray in the middle of these things and at the beginning of these decision points. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, that's another thing my my mom actually really ingrained that in me to uh, pray big but then also pray really little that there are so many things throughout your day that we can just worry about and instead deciding to give that over to God and say I'm not going to worry about this I'm just going to give it to you because you've put this in my path for some reason or another so to just give it over to, to God and to pray it over and I try and do that just in every day of if there's a decision or a problem in my way just to talk to God about it and ask, you know, what, how to align my heart with his will. Mm, align your heart with his will. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so how did your colleagues respond? You mentioned how your manager responded to you taking the stand. What about the others in the workplace? What was their reaction? Um, I, honestly, I think I'll probably a little confusion because it was such an exciting project to get to work on, but I, I don't think too many people were surprised. I think at that point, most of them probably thought I was just a goody two shoes that I didn't want to work on this campaign. But so I think a part of me just had to swallow some pride and say they can think whatever they want, um, but it just doesn't align with who I am and uh, just had to keep moving forward, even if some people didn't understand or you know, didn't respect me for it. I think no matter what decision, you have to be ready for all the repercussions. Absolutely. And, you know, it sounds like what I would say is you had to really come to grips with who you're really working for Mm -hmm. because you're really working for God, no matter where you are and what would he be pleased with rather than what other people are thinking about in these situations. And, you know, sometimes in the corporate environment, people are only looking at, oh, wow, this is a great opportunity from a fame point of view, from a money point of view, you know, going big in some kind of way. And yet for you, your values were an important part of the equation. And some of that other stuff you would say no to if it wasn't consistent with the values is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think staying centered on what matters the most is key. So you spent some fun time in New York City. You worked on these big projects. I'm just assuming that somewhere along the line, you started getting a nudge that it was time to leave, time to start something new. Tell us about how that happened, the transition. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if it was a nudge or a shove, but um, it definitely happened. But um, I think over, over quarantine, a lot of people really kind of questioned what mattered and what they wanted to be doing. And at the time, I was working from home for the same firm and was really feeling a burnout from that. And, you know, my favorite parts of the creativity and the being of people wasn't there anymore because we were all working from home. So I think that piece plus the piece of just wanting to have something on my own, I think I was working for a lot of brands that I personally didn't really believe in. And I wanted to work for something that I could 
uh, 100% really care about and really want to succeed in. And at the same time, I was watching all these baking shows that <laughs> were inspiring me to bake all the time. And I created this amazing product and decided to kind of merge all those dreams and feelings together um, and start Tower Treats. Okay, so that's a great story. A part of your story, you talked about how that many people during the quarantine, it was an opportunity for people to really think about what's truly important to them. I think that's true. And to make some tough calls and decisions and to say, oh, here's something I'm really passionate about, or here's something I'd really like to do. And then they would move on to do the new thing. I also think that many times God uses circumstances to be a springboard to something new. So if you think about the pandemic, the quarantine, being locked in, working from home, how would you say that God used that as kind of like a way of speaking to you? In a lot of ways. And I even have a fun story that it wasn't as much of a springboard either. I was very passionate about going back to New York, that that was always my dream. During COVID, I was back in Atlanta, um, just living at home for a little bit, trying to figure things out while I was working from home. And while I was here, my apartment actually burned down. <laughs> I got a call from my landlord saying that there was some horrible thing that happened with construction on the roof and that our apartment had collapsed in and we had to go back immediately to pack up all of our things that were left and leave. And it was obviously horrifying at the time and I was so heartbroken. But I really, you know, it's funny to look back now and see that was such a clear sign of God saying, no, you need to be in Atlanta. Because really, if I wasn't in Atlanta, I wouldn't have been able to start Tower Treats and I never would have made this next jump. So when you say springboard, um, I resonate because it really felt like God was saying, yes, you're, you're, you're kind of thinking about this company and it's a really fun idea, but you really need to pursue this and you need to be in Atlanta. So let me just clarify, are you saying that your New York, New York apartment burned down or an Atlanta apartment? Sorry, in New York. Yes. Oh, so the New York apartment burned down. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely <laughs> kind of a message. You know, it makes me think about I think it was the prophet Elisha, because when he was called and he was going to go and um, work with Elijah, he had to sort of like tear down everything that had been his former life. And he had been out plowing fields and doing all these other things. He, even the wood for the, the, the yoke for the oxen, even the oxen themselves, all of this became the sacrifice to God. So there was no going back, you know, <laughs> there was no going back. And so that's what your story makes me think of. It brings that to mind for me. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Those are some powerful ways that God is letting you know it's time to do something else, time to do something new. So as you were moving into the new role and thinking about going into your entrepreneurial life, I want you just to pause for a second and think about at the corporate side and in the big city, you still learned some very important lessons that stay with you today and help you today. What are some of the lessons you would say that you learned from those experiences? I would say from the corporate world, I guess thick skin was something that I really had to learn. I was always very shy and very, you know, timid growing up. And I think being in the corporate world allowed me to learn. You not only have to have thick skin, but, you know, in parallel to that, to also be bold and to not be afraid that you are going to get backlash. No matter what you are, who you are, what you believe, you will always, you know, there will be someone who doesn't like you. 
And I think I had to come to terms as a people pleaser who wants everyone to like me and wants to have a relationship with everyone. I had to come to terms with some people aren't going to like you. Sometimes you're not going to close the deal. Your project isn't going to be chosen. And realizing that failure is something that's just a part of the process, not something that's you know special just to you, that everyone will have to struggle with that. Oh, yeah. Those are extremely important lessons if you're then going on to an entrepreneurial venture, because if you don't have that, it's difficult to take the ups and downs that actually come with entrepreneurial business as well. So let's start back on that now, because I know you're real passionate about your current business. So tell us about the new business. What is it that you're doing and how does this even connect, let's say, with some early life passions or aspects of your family upbringing? Absolutely. So Tower Treats is a cookie startup based in Atlanta. We ship nationwide and our main focus is half pound peanut butter chocolate chip cookies. And we also sell a mini cookie and we really focus right now from e-commerce. We do lots of corporate gifting with third-party corporate gifting platforms. And then we're also really trying to dig into the Atlanta scene and really become an Atlanta brand while we're scaling nationwide. So we're really focused on growth, but also really giving back to our community and being present in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. So wonderful. This is really like your new baby in essence that you're nurturing. So tell us a little bit about so far, what's the most valuable lesson that you've learned starting your own business? I would say I've learned to not do this alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, even as the first year, really, I was running the whole business by myself, but meaning you know, you can have your own business, but knowing that there are so many people that want to help. And I think realizing, you know, being humble enough to realize and be aware of the things that you know you're not good at or that you don't know yet, but then being wise enough to find the right person to ask has been a really valuable lesson for me, knowing that there's so many people that have, you know, done what I've done before me and that are wiser than me that I should just learn from them and learn from their mistakes rather than, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs just try and do it by themselves and power through. And while I think there's so much good and so much value in grit and perseverance, I think there's also, you need to learn from the wisdom of others. That's a very powerful lesson, learning from the wisdom of others. And it kind of ties back into the one life theory that you talked about too, because if you only have one life, you don't want all of it to be spent burning yourself out in the work context, not having any other part of your life and doing some things that maybe you're not the most gifted or talented at because, you know, God gives us all many gifts, but not every gift. So therefore <laughs> that's where other people come along and you become an employer, you become a partner and so many other things. So I think that's great where you said, this is a lesson a lot of entrepreneurs don't learn until late. So it's good that you're starting early with that. That's smart. That's very smart. <laughs> Thank you. And I think realizing so many people want to help. It's been so encouraging that people really do just want to give their perspective and help along the way. And that's been something that I've been really shocked by and really amazed. Okay. So that's really a blessing because sometimes we don't think, why would somebody want to help me? But in fact, there are many people who do. So I think that's fabulous. So what would you say is the hardest part of being an entrepreneur? I think a lot of people assume that entrepreneurs have this consistent wave of passion, that there's so much drive and love and excitement, which there is. But 
I think something that I think is the hardest part is that passion is like a roller coaster. No matter what you're doing, even if you created your own company, that the passion can go up and then it'll go down. And there are days when you doubt yourself and doubt your product and doubt if this is what God has for you. There's really a lot of confusion in entrepreneurship. So I think it's always like a roller coaster. But I think perseverance really is that upward slope that as long as you're continuing to go upwards, that that's how you build the muscle to grow your company. And that entrepreneurship isn't just that straight line. It's constantly going up and down, but still moving upwards, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, you're, you're still moving upwards, but there are some peaks and valleys along the way. And you were saying too that just because you have a passion for the business and to build a business doesn't mean that there's not hard work and some days of challenge and difficulty. That's a part of it. It reminds me of the people who are writers and they say, if you just think that I'm only going to write when I'm inspired, then I would never even get anything done. They have to write whether they're inspired or not, if they're professional writers and so on. And so you're saying you've got to come to work every day and do what you need to do, whether you feel like it that day or not. And so the passion is like an overarching thing, but it doesn't mean you feel that at 100% every moment. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And there are things that I don't love still. I think, you know, there's aspects of there's so many hats that I have to wear every single day. And there are some hats that I really don't like. And I think acknowledging that is also something very important in entrepreneurship, that a lot of it is really fun. And a lot of it I love and the problem solving and selling and finding new distributions and there's so many fun aspects of business but there's also you know i would rather not look at a pnl for my entire life but you have to and you have to understand all of those different hats that's a great example so we talked about what it was like to live out your faith in a corporate context how does your faith play a role now in your entrepreneurial career and what's the comparison, let's say, to what it was like in the corporate world? Hmm. I would say it's very, very different. Um, I think, especially starting my own company, I've been able to ingrain faith in just our company culture, which is funny to say because we are only a two-person company. So it's me and then my chief operating officer, Laura. But I think from the very start, we wanted, and she's also a believer, and I really want to expand on a Christian culture that's, you know, founded in joy. And I think from the baseline, being able to start with that type of culture is really transformational, that we know when things happen, that they're blessings and gifts from God, but then also when we get a no, that we know it's meant to be. So I think there's so much peace in running a company with our culture, because I think we're just following in that right path. And then I say just, you know, my personal faith involved, I think there's other aspects of running Tower Treats that our main mission, even though it's just selling cookies, were based in Matthew 7.12 and the golden rule of treating others the way you want to be treated. So, you know, that can be in the cookie sense of, I'd like to receive cookies in the mail, so would you send someone cookies in the mail? So, you know, so I think there's that fun aspect, but then also the aspect of every person that we interact with and every vendor, every retailer, everyone that we interact with, we hope to treat them the same way we want to be treated and continuing to spread joy and kindness and love in ways that, you know, similarly to my corporate job, people will hopefully say those Tower Treats gals, they're, they're a little different. Mm. I think that you're doing something that's really powerful, which is you're laying a foundation for the company that is 
based on the Christian values. Right now, you may be a two-person company, but down the line, you'll probably have some other partners and people around you. And even if you don't have the employees working for you now, or maybe not even later, the way you connect with others in the marketplace certainly will reflect the values that you're laying as the foundation and as the cornerstone of your business. And so I think that that's powerful in and of itself, It's almost like taking that stand that you took in the corporate sense. You're taking a stand now for your entrepreneurial business. This is who we are. This is how we're going to operate. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's exactly it. And it's been really so amazing to see how that story connects with so many other people. We've had so many incredible conversations when we're out and about and selling cookies because our cookie label has that verse on it. And a lot of times people will get so excited that, oh my gosh, you're a believer and oh, what, what does this mean? And I think it's opened up a lot of doors that has been really encouraging. Sometimes we fear that something like our faith perspective might scare people away. And what you're saying is that the people who are supposed to come to you, they're going to be attracted to it. They're going to resonate with those values. And we don't have to fear that. I'm really glad that you spoke that up and you know said that. That's an important aspect. Exactly. And like you said, we we of course don't want to have people not of faith eat our cookies. So we want to be very open to, you know, all faiths, of course, enjoying our cookie, but specifically with our partnerships and with the people that we work with, we would really love to have shared values with them. And for example, we have a partnership and we sell our cookies at a coffee shop in Duluth, Georgia called Phoenix Roasters. And they're an amazing Christian-based coffee shop that really works with farmers to make sure they get adequate pay and really support the farmers. So they're doing amazing work, but they also really share our values. So it's amazing to see how you can find partnerships that are equal in values and then also we can help each other out. Amen to that. So what would you say then is next for Tower Treats? So many things. (laughs) I think, you know, as you said in my intro, we desire to be the treat for all. So we are constantly innovating to try and have new products for gluten-free and dairy-free. And we would love to expand to be able to be the gift for everyone and to be a really beautiful and impactful gifting experience because we do ship nationwide and we do lots of gifting. So our cookies, we want to encourage people to share them and gift them and spread joy that way. So eventually the treat for all. And then we have a lot of things coming with new partnerships and growing and scaling. So we're really praying that a lot of people can taste our treats. Wonderful. You know, I'm wondering, I think I might've seen somewhere that you're also passionate about some philanthropic aspects. And if that's true, tell me a little bit about that. We definitely are. We are trying to learn more about how Tower Treats wants to be impactful to our community or nationwide. And we're trying to figure out right now what that looks like for us because we are still such a young company. So we're still just trying to learn our operations, but then also how to figure out, you know, what organizations or places do we want to work with to make a real impact? And I don't know if that's a percentage goes to someone or, you know, based on who we hire next, we want to be really strategic about how we can make impacts and really, you know, as I said, spread the kingdom, but we're not quite sure yet. Okay, good. Well, the good news is you're open to it and you're exploring options and possibilities. And just like the partnerships are coming and other 
resources are coming at the right time, the philanthropic opportunities will also come to you because it's all a matter of God providing and bringing things at the right time. So that's what I'm noticing in everything that you're saying. So how is it then that people can reach you? How can they order some tower treats for themselves or others? Because you did say, yeah, treat yourself, but even better to treat other people. So how can they get in touch and how can they put in an order? Absolutely. So uh, towertreats.com is where you can go order cookies. We have two-day shipping nationwide, um, a super easy process. And then also on our Instagram at towertreats um, or my LinkedIn. Uh, it's just my name, Carrie Anna Stallings. All right. So Carrie Anna Stallings on LinkedIn. It's another way they can get in touch. All right. Very good. And I want you to say a little bit more about the corporate gifting aspect, because a lot of people who are listening to this, they are in corporations and they may need to do some corporate gifts. So let's be creative. Give them some ideas about when to think about corporate gifting and how they could use some of the tower treats as part of the process. Absolutely. We do lots of corporate gifting and we work a lot with companies to figure out what makes the most sense. Uh, we can personalize with different company logos. We also offer gift notes, which make it, you know, can make it that extra personalization. And we've had some companies be really creative and use them not only for you know national employee appreciation day but also to use for potential clients and prospects and as a sales tool so we have people use it for internal purposes as well as external which i think is is really powerful oh that's great so you've given some ideas so those of you out there listening take note <laughs> there are some possibilities and opportunities here so Kariana, what would you say are some words of wisdom that you want to leave from my audience of corporate business executives? You kind of beat me to it a minute ago, ago Dr. Karen, but I was going to okay. say, you know, okay. our tower treats, <laughs> our slogan really is to treat yourself, but more importantly, to treat others. So it kind of goes back to our mentality of the golden rule of, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. I love it. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of things today, and I want to just summarize not everything, but just a few of them. One, it's okay. What well, I'm hearing from you, Carrie, and it's okay to stand for your values. It's okay if you're in a setting that doesn't allow you to speak about the values much. Just know that your actions also can speak louder than words. How you live, people are paying attention to that and they're noticing and the right ones will ask questions. And you don't know how the seeds that you're planting today might grow in the future, whether you see them or not. So that lifestyle witness of salt and light, Kariana, that you talked about, I think is very powerful. You also talked about the fact that sometimes you do have to speak up, you do have to use your voice, you do have to take a stand and be willing to be bold and be willing to not worry what other people think about what you're saying not worry about whether they accept you or not. Because after all, we are doing our work as unto the Lord. And if he's satisfied, that's really what counts in the long run. And one of the things that certainly in your careers you saw, you were still able to go on with the corporation and do other powerful projects until God called you to do something else. And all the lessons learned in the big city and learned in a corporation you're now taking forward in terms of boldness and perseverance into the entrepreneurial work that you're doing today. And you know how important it is 
to really build that foundation of values. And so I say to the audience out there, you can build your company on values as well. And if you're working in a corporation that's not your own organization, you can still live out some principled values that benefit the team members in your organization and also ultimately the corporation. And we also heard from Kariana today that being an entrepreneur, it's not always easy. Sometimes we have to look at things that are not our strong suit and our gifting, and yet it's all part of the business. And just know there are many people out there who are willing to help, many people who have complementary gifts and talents that they don't mind lending and bringing to the table. And so that's an important thing to keep in mind as well. There's more. If you want to go back and hear more, hear the whole thing and you'll extract your own lessons. <laughs> but carry on. That's what I heard. And that's what really struck me and things that you said. So I want to thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much. That was an amazing summary. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for hosting me on my very first podcast. Oh, wonderful. And congratulations. And we all know out there, this is the first of many. So <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I wish you all the best in your career. And as you are building something powerful and wonderful for the kingdom and for others as well. So I'm going to read a verse today, a couple verses. This is Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24. They kind of relate to a theme I've sort of been mentioning as we've been going through today. And these verses say, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. All right, so to my audience out there, be blessed. Go out and know your work is unto the Lord. Serve with excellence and treat others. Well, this is Dr. Karen again in a bit of a postscript because I wanted to unpack a few things from this episode today. You just listened to Carrie Anna Stallings of the Tower Treat Company. And you see here a young entrepreneurial leader who's had to go through some testing. She had to go through some trials of moving from the corporate world to the entrepreneurial world. And she's getting real clear about her values and how to live in an entrepreneurial setting. And she had to figure that out also on the corporate side. So you're there as a marketplace ministry leader. You know that the work you do at work is important and it matters to God. You too may be thinking about how do I live out my Christian values at work? How do I make a difference? And how do I make an impact, not just for me, making a difference and an impact for your employer if you're working for a corporation that's not your own? How do you impact the lives of others so that they grow and they develop and become the best of who they are? And how do you even touch the lives of partners that you are working with in the workplace? And then thinking down the line, just like Cariana, about even philanthropic activities. So if you are a Christian executive in a secular company, and you're wanting to step up in a bigger way 
and to make a more profound difference. Let's partner together. Let's have the conversations that are necessary to have so you can map out your pathway forward and your strategy for doing your service and your work as unto the Lord. So you can reach me at Dr. Dr. Period Karen, K-A-R-E-N, at transleadership.com. You can also phone me at 719-534-0949, extension one. I look forward to hearing from you, and I look forward to walking with you on your journey to a life of impact as unto the Lord. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.